0: Thank <laughs> you. Come on, up. Hello. Good evening and welcome to another Fish on Friday with a little horny hairdigger. Mm. Slanger, Prost. Mm. How are we all? I'm back. I'm alright. I'll just take it down to the top. Samantha Little, Maidenhead, Sharon Stokes, Waltham Stowe, Gary Allen, hi mate, Matthew Greenup, Gary Stafford, Goose Van Velder from Sacatoon in Canada, oh don't freeze me, Martin Burroughs, Steve Gilmore, Chris Ball, Darren Wells, Terence Quinlan, Susan Alexander, hello Susan from Frozen Vermont, Kenny Tate for Dunbar, Island Blackwood, from Kilmarnock. Paul Devlin from Loughloman, Barry Capper. Hello, Barry. David Barris. Good evening, Mr. De Mr. B. Tony Watson, uh, Calendar, Alison Drydale. Yes, I am the artist form- formerly known as I'm now Fish, and a lot of you are probably really confused now, and I'm a little bit confused even looking at this camera because it's like it's the other way around, but um. I'm, I'm one or the other round, I'm kind of, my angle with the face and stuff, it's like a different lens or something. But yeah, so I'd like to thank Andrew, Andrew Cheffins, Andrew Chiffins, Andrew Cheffins sent me through the, 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 the instruction leaflet for where I could find out where to go on. So it's like, this is what the place really looks like. Look at that. You can see everything now. This is it all now, as it really, really is. It's completely the other way around. And you're probably all thinking you're in Bizarro World. Right. Interesting. But, um, yeah, I'm not doing... Few, I'm not kind of full face in the camera now, which is kind of weird. So it's... Um, Greens from Carlton, Jason Brooks, Trevor Shreve from Norwich, Keith Pipe, Phil Atwell from Southport, George Connor, Sprouston in the Borders, Mike Freeburn. Hello again, Mike. Chris Harris still not heard your album yet, Chris. Uh, Gloucestershire, Matt Graydon, Lee Cookson, Callum Jameson from Keith, Paul Sheachins. Oh no, writing the lyrics first and then just, oh, We've done that, that's Farquhar Corner stuff. Is that? Uh, Hemel Hempstead, Eric Hull, uh, Andy Tosh. Hi Tosh, thanks for the questions, got them, thank you. Um... Mike Holmood is sitting in a truck with coffee. Phil Machen, South Staffordshire. Hugh Menzies. Um, da, 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 Lee Ford from Zumasat in the Ford clan. Clive Goodwin, Neil Cottrell. Da, Alex Dunbar, Ipswich. Da, 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 hi, how you all doing? I'm going to spin it all down now so that I can get it and I'll get back to people. It's been mental this week. It's been absolutely crazy. It's uh, It's um. The post that I put up last Friday on the music business—it's um, uh it generated rather a bit of interest. And uh, the last I looked at it, it was something like six hundred and it reached six hundred and eighty thousand people or something, and a hundred thousand people saw it. And um, it's like the, I checked out the page stats today, right? And there was uh, the page reached. 998,139 people in the in the last month which is just no that's Beyonce numbers you know that's that's for boy bands it's not for old people like me we should be able to look at the list but yeah it was um, and I got a lot of great messages Peter Hamill tweeted me and said I actually liked it well, I had David Knopfler was on the page there was a lot of people phoned me up like business guys that I knew and you know were totally in agreement and you know, we were just all talking about ways forward and how to deal with it. And um Uh I kind of said that I had a wee bit of news. So it generated enough interest and it had been sent to MPs. And um, I've been asked to take part in a, a parliamentary campaign briefing that's going on down in Westminster or wherever in the, these Zoom times. And it's a parliamentary campaign briefing. There's a lot of people talking about it. And I'm going to be... Uh, ...questioned by ministers about how the current Brexit situation has affected me personally. And it's a great honour to be part of that. Uh, there's a debate that's going to go on. I don't know whether it's going to be on the same day or whether it's going to be around about that. They never kind of put the nails in, in those things till a bit later. But basically we're in a situation where I'm going to be interviewed in a parliamentary campaign briefing. Who would have thought? Right? And it all came from that post. It just um, it made a lot of people kind of sit up and, and take a good look at it. And uh, and I think the further force. I know some people get really bored with it, and you know, and some people don't like the politics. know, we're talking about Brexit, but it's for living, you know. It's the industry. I mean, I, I've got to admit. The other day, when I, when I read, when I watched that KB events thing, which if you're if you're in the industry or you're interested in trucking and how trucking's affected, have a. a, a I checked out the Facebook, that KB Events uh, post. Um, I think it was Brian McPherson, actually was the the person that does the interview, the guy that runs KB. And it's fascinating. And um, and I read it, and it started off because um, both Steve Vances and Peter Hamill had said to me, you know, after I'd posted up the thing last Friday, they said, have you seen the thing about cabotage? And um, uh, I hadn't. And I looked at it and then the KB thing came up and I actually went through to the office and my hands are up, my hands up. I cried. I, I I had a wee bubble, you know, and I was so down about everything. It was like watching everything just being kind of, so many barriers and so many things you know, being taken away and, uh, and I was really depressed and I... I've never been made redundant. I've been I've been fired. I was fired on my very first job down at um Hoslock just after I got my flat and I remember I was I was distraught when that I happened. I'd just got myself set up. But I'll come with that later on. And know. Uh, and you know, when I was dropped by, by Polydor Records, it was uh you know, that rejection, you know, I managed to take because, you know, although you know, I was getting thrown off a label, which is not, it's not nice. You're not, you're not wanted here. Bugger off. <laughs> but you know, there was, I, I, I there was a sense, a sense of freedom. I don't have a sense of freedom at the moment. I have a sense of being locked away. You know, like I said, I mean the COVID thing plus everything that's going on, it's, it's just, and it, it just really hit me the other day. And I've had, I've had a really hard week. And luckily, I had. A few interviews a couple of I posted up to um to facebook uh, the one with the bunker and you know I hadn't done interviews like that before, you know where you know the drive wasn't how did you write this or what's this about or or blah 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 or what's your plans it was um kinda um it was all about what's happening with where brexit and touring and, and the politics of it all and um it was a good test it was i mean You know what it's like. I mean, during lockdown, it's like, you know, you can sometimes just sit there and watch Netflix and just, your your brain just switches off and it's just beam in, beam in, beam in. And, you know, know, to actually get involved, you know, where a a conversation that kept you on your toes a little bit, you know, I was on unfamiliar territory. And um, so they were pretty invigorating, to be honest. And I think they buoyed me, I think. I vented. Not as much as I did last week. <laughs> last week was an aberration. I'm sorry about that. It's just that the wife went out of the room, right? The wife went out of the room. There was nobody in the ward. I was left here on my own. And, you know, I kind of got to that end where, just like in a gig where it's like you get to the on- end of the encore situation and you just go nuts and that's kind of what I did. <laughs> I'm watching. I'll be very, I'll be very very careful. I apologise to anybody with swearing. I don't, know. I don't have the swear box here, but I'm being very, very careful. And, uh, and it was, um, but yeah, so, I mean, this week's been, it, it, it's just been tough and, you know, it's it's been just taking hits and, and, you know, phoning up people. I mean, you know, I'm talking with Yata and, you know, and talking with, with, with other musicians and crew guys and, you know, what do you know? <laughs> what do you know? Whams! <laughs> Whams! The K B events thing, the... the you know, that, I got a lot of information from that that helped, but it's again, that's been kind of, you know, there's been things in there that are changing. And this is the problem. It's constantly evolving. Um, I think, you know, it's now been realised that there's a lot of details, a lot of details being missed out. And we're trying to join the dots a little bit. And as I said, that's why I kind of got involved. And, you know, those, those interviews this week, you know, did... Kinda, of, they gave me an up. They get. I felt like you know, being able to talk about it and and, and bring it to the attention of people, um, you know, I, it made me feel good. And I think especially with the snow and the shires like the the garden, it's like you know, you would need jackhammers to go out and stick things in the ground <laughs> last week, and uh and then we had the snows and then more problems developed. <laughs> It was, it all became. I mean, I've said before, it's like that sense of being absolutely overwhelmed. That's what I had this week, being completely and utterly overwhelmed. I've got Gmail, right? And I get 50 emails, and the emails are coming, and you're, you're getting rid of, you know, the garden ones that are going to be. I don't know if they'll come in tonight, actually, because it's turned around. Maybe. But anyway, you got the garden ones, and you get your eBay shit, and, you know, this, that, and the other, and just delete, delete. And then that's the morning, and then you get rid of that lot, and then you know you're into your meat and potatoes of what you've got to do during the day. And I was going through them, and it's like still they're popping up, and at the end of the day, I was finding myself having to drift back two pages on my emails to to, to deal with things. And I mean, there was just it was just a fusillade that was coming at me. It was just shocking, and and of course they're all in different. Uh, different levels I mean this is one of the things here when you kind of deal with yourself and manage yourself and you know Simone and I run this thing you know both the business and the house and everything else you know so it was all sorts you know Graham Lake, High Fish from Hoyk Alex Tibb Big Fish Albums of Marillion anyway Neil McKenzie thank you Paul Margaston Sean Machell Pamela Jane. Iron Inside Out, <laughs> Andres Dahl. Oh, Mark Cunningham, Yeah, Yes, it's, I mean that, that, this is the thing. It's, I mean, it's it's not me. I mean, I you know, I play, I mean, as a, as I a wrote in the thing, I mean, the spirit of '66 is a is a club in Verviers. It's a great wee club, and. There's lots of bands play it, you know, and you know you'll get wishbone Ash there you'll get Pendragon, you know you'll get uh, lazuli you'll have um you know it's and it was a it's a it's got a great um reputation for being like a, a you know a good progressive rock bar it's a really nice nice place you know I'm trying to remember the guy that runs it's like it frank um but it was um it's a small place. It's only about maybe seven hundred or something. You know, we push. You know, we always pack it every time we play it, and it's it's one of those gigs. And you've got you always have these kind of gigs on tours where you, they're like stepping stone gigs. You know, and you go there and you get your guarantee and just to explain a guarantee. A guarantee, right? Is what the promoter says he thinks he can make back on the tickets, and it's what you need to basically pay your costs, right? Which is the bus, the band, the crew, the catering. And you kind of, you've spread it over the tour because you're taking days off into the equation as well in all this. But principally, it's what it costs for that day of the gig. And, uh, and our guarantees are about 6,000 euros. I mean, it's, it's an expensive outfit and that's not anything, none of my money's in there, right? That's only to play the gig. That's me performing for free at a gig for that guarantee, right? But it covers my costs. And um, when you play The Spirit of 66, that's what you get as a guarantee. But now, if I want to play The Spirit of 66, which has been the only gig that I've played in Belgium for years, I mean, the last time I played in in Belgium at a substantial venue, which was up in Brussels, um, was the Ancien Belgique, I think it was. And uh, that was way back in, I think it was the Rain Gods Tour. I mean, uh, it was a long time ago. And I kind of lost my foot in, you know, any foothold I had in Belgium, I kind of lost it because I just happened to play Belgium on two consecutive tours with a shit voice, right? And it wasn't my fault, it just happened to be that Belgium was at that point in the tour where it was like everything went slam dunk. And um, so anyway, the Spirit of 66, it's a small club and uh, it's a stepping stone gig. And it's also one of the gigs that a lot of UK bands, Arena arena player um i know that john mitchell plays it. were as played at what bites and things and how the hell are we supposed to play that now because going by what i'm, I'm reading and what i'm being followed about this it's like if i want to go to belgium with my 10 guys which includes me right that's 2000 round about 2500 quid roughly 2500 quid right and that 2500 quid's got to go on a so basically the six thousand euros that I get is gonna have the two thousand five hundred, two thousand seven hundred euros. So suddenly it nearly becomes impossible to play and it becomes impossible for the promoter to turn around and say, Yeah, I'll take you on. So there goes Belgium. There goes the Spirit of Sixty Six. And remember, it's not just me. You know, I'm using it as a stepping stone gig. A lot of other bands, you know, that is a source of income for them. And um You know, bands that play the the Birdorai, which is a beautiful gig. I love the Birdorai in zutomir Again, it's another one of those progressive rock gigs that bands come in and play. Sometimes just as an an in and out, because the Birdorai is has got a great audience that's inside that venue. That they come to. It's like the old Friars Aylesbury thing. It's like it's a venue that's got a fantastic reputation. And people come along just to see bands they might not even know about, but they know that they're going to be of a pretty decent standard to play there. So the Berderie in Zutomir has a lot of bands that come across, and they'll play one night at Zutermir, then they'll do the Spirit of '66 in Belgium because it's within a kind of driving distance, and then they might do one of uh, one of the small gigs in France, right? There's like the locomotive or something like that, and you know again. ...little prog venues that, you know, little bands or, or, or medium-sized bands go to or whatever, right? But that's their thing, you know? They, they might go down to Aschaffenburg, uh, right? I mean, Lazuli are, are only... They're not playing that many shows. Well, they're not playing any shows at the moment, as I, I, neither of us are. But, I mean, you know, they, when they were on the road, they weren't playing, you know, that many gigs... ...but they had these kind of cork shows... And it would be spirit of 66 and then like a couple of french gigs up on that border area uh suit me a brother uh cocozal ashaffenberg which is another great nest for for prog bands but if you look at that if you were going out to play that gig spirit of 66 one french gig one bit one uh, the ashaffenberg or whatever you know and and the border there's Four gigs for a for a, a a UK based band now, you'd be looking at ten grand. Ten grand in visas or you know, this is application fees for permits, right? That's what it's looking like at the moment. And that is my point about how shitty this is at the moment. This is this is why it's like it is, you know, it's it's not me. It's I mean, I couldn't imagine what it'd be like for you know, Marillion when we went out in, in nineteen eighty three in Europe for the first time. You know, we had tour support from EMI because we couldn't make money where we were playing. We didn't. We weren't picking up the crowds, but they gave us the money to go out there and play. But that was when I was with EMI. And that was back in 82 when record companies sold a lot of records, right? And they don't sell a lot of records now. And as I've said before, there's a whole thing happened where in the, in the 1980s, tours, supported albums and the record companies made a lot of money at the albums and the physical sales now complete turnaround so now you've got a situation where live is where you make your money you know that's where you make your money for an independent band that's where you sell your merchandise direct to you guys right? saves on postage everybody's happy kabang 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 you know and um it's, it's, it's scary times and that's, you know, I was thinking about that, you know, earlier on, you know, and it was, uh, you know, when you're, it's, I've been 40 years in this industry and it's, um, and uh, it's just seen the changes are just, you know, incredible, absolutely incredible uh, and none of them for the good. But, but I had other things to deal with. Oh, the coffee from before. Oh, uh, Rico, Anchor. Hope you can still come to Paradiso, Amsterdam. As I said, I mean, you know, I go across the, when I go into Holland. You know, I'll be playing, you know, probably five gigs on the, on the next the next tour, and it's good numbers out there as as the, the Dutch fans know. I mean, you know, hopefully sell at the Paradiso zero one three da da da. So you know, I can spread my costs there, and the same goes in Germany. Denmark becomes a a, a bit of an issue because previously in Denmark. I've only gone to the one gig in Copenhagen, right? And so we have to kind of see where that goes. And the bottom line is, it has to go in the ticket price, you know? I mean, it's very, it's always really difficult to get promoters to put the ticket prices up and you're very aware that you don't want to price yourself completely out, stupidly out, you know? And, um, but, you know, it's, it's something, like I said, if it works the same in Denmark, you know, that's 2,500 quid. It's going on one ticket unless we go into unless we can play Copenhagen and Aarhus and a dance or something like that again to 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 spread it, but it's it's doubtful and Italy, and this is the scary thing i mean in Italy it's very difficult to tour in italy it's very 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 hard to get the guarantees to 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 get down there right and the last couple of tours i mean it's been Rome and, and Milan or whatever, or you know it's never more than 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 three shows. And you know, I, I don't sell that many tickets down, down in uh, Milan or Rome or whatever. You know, it's about maybe seven hundred to a thousand in Milan, maybe if, on if I if I get a good and going. But again, there's like if it's just two gigs, there's two thousand five hundred split between two shows that you know, I was gonna go, well, <laughs> not my problem, you deal with it, you know? And uh it's um It's a crazy one. It's a crazy one. As I said, I mean, people haven't really thought through kind of all the different effects. You know, as I said, you know, read about cabotage regarding trucks, where, you know, a a truck leaves the UK and goes across um, across to Europe. It's only allowed three stops. So with a Paris gig, it's like your first cabotage movement is basically the load in on the Paris gig. The second cabotage movement is a load out. Then you go to the next show and this, that's the cabotage gone. The next show is cabotage movement. And after that, the truck has got to go back to the UK in seven days. So how the hell can you run a tour in trucks in in, in the EU at this in time? The Kiwi thing is fascinating. And if you if you watch it, go to about 60 minutes or so. It's about an hour and 11 minutes long go to 60 minutes and you'll hear about what the guy had to go through to try and get round this trucking problem and this is the biggest touring truck company in europe and the uk right it's massive right and the guy is up the the last the last 10 12 minutes he's like with this guy i just went like i couldn't believe what he'd gone through i mean he's highly intelligent highly motivated and highly organised, and uh, and that's what he's getting sorted out. But it's it's been interesting. But that's you know that's just one of the things. That's the best, that's the biggest of the day. Well, uh, Joe Dick, how ya? Joe Dick from Dalkeith, how you doing, Joe? Right. Gary Lowndes, Burns that night tonight. We'll be addressing the haggis just after eight. I did have my Burns now. I did. We did have it. But there, there seems to be a death of turnips. It was like, I was, and I, I screwed up. I didn't put the turnips in last year. I, I, I put some in, in about, I think it was October, but there was I thought, well, maybe they might kind of, I might some, get some decent ones. Nah. <laughs> Rubbish. And it was, we were in the afternoon, I said, and I'm going like, it's, it's Burns Night. And I thought, and because Tara was working on the, um, on the charity Burns Night. And she was pushing it, and of course I went, I've got to go and support, and I went, if I don't go up there and people don't see, just in case it's like this, where if your name doesn't come up, where was he? Does he have a letter from his mother? (laughs) So I had to watch it, and uh, it was um, was, was good. There were some great bits. Jane Godley was absolutely brilliant on it, absolutely brilliant. And uh, um, Fred Macaulay, it's like, again you've seen it so many times, the difficulty of comedians kind of just working a camera. And, you know, the, the comedians are really used to vibing on people. I mean, the same way as if I'm singing, you know, it's sometimes difficult to really get into the song when you don't have the energy coming back at you. And, um, yeah, and, and as I said, Fred, like so many comedians, I've seen doing live shows on TV straight to camera, you know, some of them kind of, it's, it's tough. It's off, but it was uh, <laughs> the The Tamashanna one was funny. Is that uh, the guy that was kind of dressed as Burns, who was a seemingly like really famous Burns uh reader, and uh, it all came a bit like the fast show because they started putting all these sound effects in the back of Tamashana. And For those of you who don't know, it's a very long poem about a guy and witches and a church and a woman he fancies. It's it's interesting, it's practically. Impossible to read if you you're not Scottish, you know. Um, but it's uh, but the guy was in this kind of white room, with a little fireplace and stuff, and he was sitting there kind of in the with the buns kind of wig on, and a bit of a kind of tan face and things, and like, the oil clover. And they had guys doing sound. or they had all these sound effects getting added to the, this 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 poem, which is all about guys getting chased by witches and stuff. It's all horrors and things. And I must have been, I had a little bit of a chuckle, <laughs> but. Turnips, so anyway, the missus went down to the, the store and uh, and uh, she came back and she goes, uh, "I could only get this turnip, and it was it was about that size. It was it was nothing. <laughs> you could have put in a teacup. I think it was for a stew or something. But there was loads of carrots, so we ended up having uh, haggis, mashed ties and uh, and and mashed carrots with a tiny little turnip in the middle of it. They gave it. A slight fragrance of turnip, but not the full whack. Right? And I love mashed up turnip with butter and black pepper. Ooh. Swede for those of you down south. Uh. Elizabeth Clare Wall, touring a nightmare. Yes, i have just. I mean, the one thing I'm glad is I'm not allegedly going out till September. It's like you know, at least I've got time. I mean, if, there, if there's any silver lining to be found in this thunderous, monstrous cloud that's enveloping us. It's like, well, we've got months to kind of like try and work out how to, uh, you know, disarm the nutter with a gun. G, G, Vunas de Videla, Santiago, Chile, E, Macaulay from Gloucester. Kelly Chamberlain, Malian Vereta. Hello, de Quebec. Oh, somebody's trying to sell me Bitcoin again. Have you noticed that? It'll piss you off. So you know, it's like, you're on the timeline. It still goes, hello, I'm Janine and Like, I've got some gold coin for you. You're like, I've made a fortune. You could too, right? (laughs) Uncle Stefan. Thank you. See you in Calzoo, mate. Nick McCullen. Mark Vinyans. Is the new batch of Welch vinyl arriving? (laughs) (laughs) This is what I was doing today. There was like... So, um... Yeah. It's on its way, right? The pigeons are all arranged in this great big net carrying 2,000 vinyl albums. Uh, yeah, it's on its way from Czech land. And I got a message today saying it's been processed. So it's on its way. So uh, going by um, uh, <laughs> probably about March or April, right? Now but seriously, it's um, pro-fact. I've been Michelle... And Lobkit ProFact have been absolutely brilliant. They're my Dutch manufacturing company. And they've arranged it all their end. And I've got Schenker DB that are, are bringing it over. But that was it, another 250 quid right, at the moment. right? And um, then that's what I was having to deal with today fill out forms, URI numbers, VAT numbers for the Schenker guys and talking to this. And, and ProFact have done nearly all. But you have to get this deferred VAT now. right? And um, because I'm supposed to pay VAT as soon as it comes into the country or pay it before it arrives but because I mean this was an example it was like um, I spoke to my accountant and I found out I already have I have the ability to do deferred VAT which means when the, the the product comes into the company it gets put against your name and it gets charged against your VAT account and you know you've got to pay it you've got to download an invoice and you've got I think it's a month to, to pay it off which means you don't have the problem with having to pay at the borders and it means that the customs, the guys that are bringing the, the the load in don't have to bother with, with paying off things and da-da-da. It's like, bam, I number. That's how it's supposed to work. Let's just see. <laughs> Probably get three, four crates of langoustines and <laughs> the big French cheese. <laughs> I'd take that. You might be disappointed with the vinyl, but I'll take the langoustines and the cheese any day. know. Uh, yeah. But um, but yeah, so the, the vinyl's on its way. I mean, it, it might be here next week. I don't know. It's, uh, but I'm not... We're not putting it up for sale until we find it. I'm still trying to find out how the mail to the EU's and I've heard different things. I had a Dutch guy today said that he got a, uh, a deluxe Velschmerz album. Didn't charge him. Didn't pay VAT. No problem. Delivered to his door. Um, I do know that if the value, and there's a Dutch customs guy who got in touch with me and I've forgotten his name, and I, but I will, I'll email you back personally. But you know, he was saying to me as well, that if, as long as it's marked as the value of the item and not the postage, if it's under 22 euros up until, this is the great thing, up until July, right? If it arrives in Europe and it's valued, if valued under 22 euros, right? As the item itself, you don't pay VAT in it, which means that the EU customers, get the advantage of not paying v a t um anything above twenty two euros that's when it goes into you know you have to go to the this is what we don't know do you go to the post office to pay it do you pay it online did it i told you this last week we don't know but if you order like for but it's all it's all got to be one item so you can only order the standard welschm album that's under twenty two euros or anything that's under twenty two euros then you get it v a t free but the thing is it's like you know um it's all gonna change in july it's all gonna change so we don't charge vat on uh on eu sales just now right but in july we will right and then we like the small businesses we've got to charge the vat and all the, to all the appropriate country levels right which is like i think germany's 19 it's all pretty much the same but it means that Fuse and the guys that do all the mill, that I've got to go through every individual EU country, put the necessary VAT rate, VAT, VAT rate in, then at the end of the, the quarter or whatever, then we've got to register. <laughs> we've got to take out all the different sales to all the different countries, right? So all the German sales, all the Dutch sales, all the Polish sales, all of the, the Belgian, all the blah, 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 the French. We've got to get them all lined up, right? And then we've got to put them on a form, right? And at the moment, as I've been told by, by my bookkeeper, that's not on the computer yet. So that has all got to be done manually. <laughs> so you've got to make individual customs, well, VAT declarations for every country. And we collect the money, and then we pay the money to <laughs> the UK government, whatever. But that doesn't come in until July, <laughs> It's a real shame because if we had our shit together, right, it would have been really nice if just when we came out of the 31st of December and landed in January, we knew that this was going to happen and it was all instigated from the 1st of January and it was, we might even have had computerized version of it. But that is where we're at. And uh, so as I said, you know, it's, it's all been kind of crazy. Laura B Ward, I ordered a seat today today, and it was already packaged up. yeah. We get through them. I mean, someone clears the decks every day. You know, at the moment, we're ticking over. We've noticed, a, you know, a wee drop in sales were um, from the EU, but we won't really know about that for about another month or so. Uh... <laughs> yeah. right, sorry, I've lo- I've got to slip down the feed. Gary Van Deen Smith. So I wasn't the only one with sprouts bigger than his turnip then. <laughs> Chris Campbell from Rainy Witness, Sean Holliday from Cumbria, Eric Hall. 31st anniversary of the release of Vigil today. Yay. I'd forgotten about that. It was Tosh that, that told me about that and I thought, wow. Yeah, that's wicked, right? 31, you know? 31 years. It's mental. So I'm going to play Vigil tonight. Not the whole album, but I thought I'd play the Vigil track because I thought it was um Relative. Steve Hardiggy, oh no no no, no. Clark well, I'm lost it. Eric Brooks, Brooks, smooth shipping to you, thank you. <laughs> Louis McMillan, was he called Van Checker? Oh come on. Paul Sleetens, it is twenty two euro, but the postage is also counted. No, it's um, it's twenty two euros minus the postage, and I heard that from. My, this is where we're at. The guy that works for Dutch customs sent me an email and said, this is where it's at, and it doesn't take into account postage, and you have to mark on the the packet what the postage is. Okay, this is, yeah, I keep on forgetting about all these curveballs that keep on coming at us, right? Yeah, you've got to mark down what the postage is, right? So the value of the item, under €22 is not a problem in the postage, because the Germans, when they... Work out whether you should become VAT registered in Germany. They put everything together, postage and everything. And my cust- nice customs guy and Holland uh, uh, said, um, we have to put the postage down because it's only the value of the item. But again, there we go. Uh, Spanish, I'm sorry. Venia from Argentina. I'm sorry, I don't do Spanish. Andre Norman Sunde from Norway. Oh, I'm gonna move into it now. Jason Mead, I ordered the vinyl a week last Monday and it arrived in a couple of days. Brilliant. Wonderful service from Simona. Yeah. She's down in uh, she's down in the place that I sing about. know,
1: goes. <laughs>
0: But a record was set, uh, literally. <laughs> right. This is now the record. right? A package arrived today in Jamaica. And the fan sent someone a lovely email saying, thank you very much. Right. It arrived today in Jamaica. It was sent in March, last March. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, it might even have been January. It was like and we just went, what? Like oh, that long to get to Jamaica. I mean it must have gone across in a paddle boat. You know. Well. Conrad, you know, cool, Keith Ball. Fugazi, yeah. I don't know what's happening with Fugazi. I couldn't do no anything. idea. It's all got really quiet. Um Mark Wilkins I, I was talking to Matt Wilkinson today and um uh, you know, and he's really busy with with stuff at the moment, doing projects, doing other projects and things. And it's, um, and Mark said that he's said nothing about what what's happening with with the album. But I mean, I, I was told it was going to be me, but you know, it's I've I've got no idea. I saw the I saw the documentary. It was good. It's really good. But I didn't realise there was a member of a religious cult. <laughs> Yeah, I watched the I watched the documentary, and uh, it's you know, I've, you know, I'm up front and I'm I'm straight views. right. Yeah, I used to do a lot of drugs. I I was never kind of totally. I was not vacated. You know what I mean? I was never an addict or whatever, right? And you know, yeah, it was the early eighties. I was a kid in a toy shop, you know, and a, and a sweet shop at the same time, <laughs> and. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, you know, but I wasn't the only one, right? <laughs> and, you know, in, in the 80s in London, you know, there was a, a lot of... It was a, a very vibrant time. And, uh, and so I, I did my, my part for the, the Fugazi documentary. <laughs> and I'm the only person who mentions cocaine in, in, in an hour and a half, of the kids. <laughs> I don't mention it all the time. But, I mean, the, oh, this is the thing I've got to tell you. Because when I saw the, the documentary, I actually did on camera, you know, for the documentary, the thing about Gary Townsend, and I mentioned Gary Townsend, who I called Big G, or Gary, on Christmas Day, when I told the story about the, the Chevrolet van and the, the breakdown at the Albert, the Albert Monument and being trapped in the office in Victoria Street with a huge, huge bunch of party snacks. <laughs> <laughs> you could have ranked a line right up the A one. Oh. Yeah, and I was um, and when I did the Christmas broadcast, I, I kind of I, I, I let slip it was you know, I was Gary and stuff, and then somebody came up and said GT right, and they knew who I was talking about, it, and it was like Big Gaz, you know, yeah. So when I saw the, the documentary had <laughs> the Fugazi album, and I'm talking about it, right, I thought we might have to take this out. And I thought, I've got to phone up Gary and, uh, and ask him. And uh, and I, I, his number had changed, so I, thanks to the wonders of Facebook. Big Gary, is, is, a, is on my, he's a still friend on Facebook. And uh, I said, call me up, I need to ask you something. right? And he phoned me up at night, about 11, half 11 at night. And he was in his bed with his wife, <laughs> talking away. Right? And he'd just become a, a, a granddad again. Right? It was great. And Gary left the business years and years and years ago. And he he, he was working in, in uh he was a, a car a car salesman for a long time. And uh and he, he still lives in the in the northeast. So i you know, we were talking on the phone, I said, guys, I said, you know <laughs> I've done this. I said, Is it okay? It's like, you know, you're not gonna have any your relatives or you know, anybody going mentally, you. you're like, How dare you? I had no idea you did this. Get out of my house. Right? <laughs> and he was like no problem, brilliant. He was absolutely what I mean about it. And I think he liked the infamy, you know, I think because I, people don't realise that this, because he's a big, lovely, gentle guy. He's, I mean, he's a big, big guy, right? And um, he, the fact he's, he's taller than me. And um, you can see him on the Roskilde footage. He's the guy that jumped off the stage with me at Roskilde, right? <laughs> During Margaret. And anyway, guys is sitting there with the wife and then, how you doing? Oh yeah, they're yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. All right. Yeah, he's great. So he's really happy for his kind of his his rock and roll side. I think I think he's gonna enjoy the kind of the shock kind of portion. I never knew you worked for Marillion. <laughs> he was brilliant, guys. Uh, he is a brilliant guy. And I've said like he's gotta come up and stay in the cabin once this all uh... Nick McMillan well, you t- now tour more in the UK? It's not a case of touring more in the UK. I mean, this is it. I mean, you know, it would be great. You know, I go, like, book me 30 shows in the UK, right? It's like, they ain't going to sell. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, sell kind of 30 shows at the level I need to do. I mean, you, we need that O2 Academy and, and and stuff like that. We need, you know, the the... the gigs you know at the assembly halls that's what makes it work right i mean i can't go out and do do club shows i mean fish heads club yeah i could go out where and win an acoustic tour or, or go out and do spoken word <laughs> and do fishing monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday right with a day off somewhere but um but yeah i mean it's it's it's, it's limited right and you know There's so many bands that need to break out into Germany. I mean, Marillion had to break out into Europe to get the sales to start qualifying. It is, you know, EU is the third biggest market in the world next to the USA and Japan, which is mostly for domestic acts. It's huge, right? And if you can break just one country, if you can break Germany or Holland and you can get something spinning there, you know, out in the EU, they're, um, generally speaking, you know, a lot of European fans are kind of still really open to a lot of the older bands, like Bartlett James Harvest, Wishbone Ash, um, you know, The Deep Purples. I mean, right across the spectrum. I mean, you'll still find those bands touring over there. They can't get arrested in the UK, right? I mean, you know, when was the last time you saw a Bartlett James Harvest gig in the UK? They can still play a thousands out there. And that's why it's important. You know, because it's a huge market. Whereas the UK is is a relatively small island, you know. Ray Rooks, yeah. It doesn't you know all that stuff doesn't matter. So you know, it was back then. You know. The advanced story with Garris, yeah, Poland, yeah. I've got other I've got other Gary stories. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, I'm just going through. I'm just trying to catch the thread here. Just find something. The, Victoria, how's the gas tank? Yeah, the gas tank story. Um, when I moved back, and when I moved into the studio in 2001, um, this place, you know, I had mains water and I had mains electricity. In fact, I had too much mains electricity. I had a three-phase system. Right in the studio, <laughs> three phase, because back in the days when it was a working studio, I had an air conditioning unit. I had um, uh, a big fresh air unit for f- to deal with the the, um, the air in here. I needed air conditioning because in the control room, which you've seen before, and you'll see in a different light the next time. Um, in the control room. Um, because uh, you've got the big desk, when I had the big 56-channel desk there and, and everything else, and with the amps in the room next door, which had an AC feed-through, and you know the, the big record machines, there was a lot of heat generated from those, those machines. My electricity bill back then was horrendous. And, um, and the three-phase was needed for the AC, for the, the fresh air, the big units out the back there that have long since gone. But also we needed the three phase for, you know, the, to deal with the light and away from all the sound equipment and the, the draw from through there on the, on the, the, the big recording devices in the mixing desk was immense, it was immense. And um, so I had three phase. So when I moved in, it wasn't really like, I, I was kind of like moving into an industrial building and trying to change it across. And um, there was no heating in here. The heating in the old days all came from a boiler that was thrown in the other house, so it fed the water through all the radiators here, of which there weren't that many. <coughs> <coughs> so when I moved in, I had to rethink, and when I moved in, um, I was just about away on a tour bus, about like literally, you know, well, I was actually, I moved physically in at the end of the, was it, the Fellini Days tour. And uh, and our, everything had been set up in the months when I was away. So I kind of pointed out what needed to be done. You know, I need a French window there. I need a window there just to open the box up. And it was like, well, I had oil in my old, in the old house. And it was so expensive and it made manky stuff, right? And it was like, well, why don't you use LPG gas? Because it's cheaper. <laughs> like everything, you know, it's like buying diesel cars and all the rest of it. LPG cars might have been cheaper back then. Now it's not. It's k right? So anyway, I had a big underground LPG tank built out the back. Oh, it was buried in the ground in the garden that became the kitchen garden. So I put the tank in, never thought about it, everything ran away, ran along. And, um, then they changed the regulations, right? And before the tank was sitting under a, a some decking that was all kind of, I mean, you couldn't you could de- burn it with a flamethrower, right? It was all of a sudden, right? Nothing around it, blah, 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 all pretty safe. Up they came, decking, timber, flammable, probably got to get rid of that, you've got to get rid of the decking. So I went, okay, fair enough. So I got rid of the decking, right? And I put just soil down and I put some raised beds around it, right? And uh, which were m- my garlic beds. And I thought, yeah, it's like and there's the cover, the green cover was on top of the thing, there was nothing about it that was that could you spark it off. Yeah. And I went to try and change my my, my dealer. My gas dealer. Use hey, more like gas proper stuff. Then your cut rubbish. <laughs> and uh I got a good quote, and the guy came along and said, We have to send somebody along to check the site out. They came along and I went, Oh no! Oh no! Can't do (laughs) that. This is you can't have that tank. And uh, so what happened was that um, I ended up with just dealing with Calla, and it's the tank is now twenty, it's approaching twenty-one years old now, I think. And and what's happened is that because of the rainwater that's been falling incessantly over the last months, right? the the water table has grown up with the groundwater has not been able to kind of leach away and 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 flow away and of course i'm slightly down the hill the the top of the hill is just in front of me but it's only about maybe two meters above my front door if that if probably less than that one and a half meters so what's happening is the water is accumulating up there and coming down across my land and on my land is an underground LPG tank, <laughs> and because the water table's gone high, right? What's happened is that there's a, a round kind of like a, a a pipe structure with a manhole the manhole cover on top of it. It's a plastic thing, and it sits on top of the the tank. And in there, you've got your your um, your meter. It tells you how much you've got in the things, much gas you've got in the tank below. It's got, you know, the gubbins, like the valves and things for sending the gas to the house. And what happened, how this all occurred, was about a week and a half ago, my boiler went, E-A, 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 and it does write E-A up on the boiler. And I got a guy out and he said, boiler's fine, he said, it's the gas. And so I phoned up the gas guys and said, look, there's something wrong. like, well, there's the tank, it's not emptied, it shows us. And they came down, look at that thing, (laughs) opened the top up. <laughs> I, was, I was expecting to see an orca come out. It was full of water, right? And the valve, the the the, the kind of um, what's the, the the regulator, right? Which is kind of sits there and where the gas comes out. If it if it goes, there's a little green nipple pops out of it, right? And the first guy came up and he said, "Oh, this is full of water. It's tripped." And I went, "Ah, oh, it's tripped off." Oh, he said, "Let's get it sorted out. Bailed all the water out. Put the thing back on, and we went." And it was like we had heating for the first time, and it was three days. <laughs> zero we in this weather, right? And now, uh, so I went, ah, oh, fair enough, that's good, that's all done, you know. But I was going, where did the water come from? And I'm going, like, it must just be the groundwater, it must be just a fluke thing, you know. Maybe it's just built up, and I couldn't make sense of it. I mean, I've never done physics, but it didn't make sense to me, right? Put the new regulator in, and uh wait a minute, the first time, the first time he reset it, he came back two days later. Put the regulator in, and then that day the water comes up, and blew it, and then basically the next day, right, it blew another regulator, right, and they were going, oh, can I keep on doing this? It's going to be like two hundred quid, one hundred and fifty quid to change this every time you come out. And, of course, when it pops... I They, I got sent, they sent me a YouTube video... <laughs> to deal with the green nipple. <laughs> and I was <coughs> shitting myself. <laughs> I, do, I mean, you've seen what I do with CD players, right? I'm dealing with a goddamn underground LPG gas tank. <laughs> this thing goes kaboom! Like Batman-style cartoon letters, right? And I'm going... And they same it through the YouTube video, and I watched it once, and I watched it twice, and I watched it three times, and I watched it with Simona, and I said, this is it. And it was only five or six different moves, but my lack of confidence in myself when dealing with technical shit, right, I just get the fear, because I just go, if it's going to harm to anybody, it's going to happen to me. <laughs> so, I'm out there, right? And it's like, uh, you do this, you turn the sha, this turn, the... and that was it. It didn't actually say anything. It was a cartoon with no, no volume, no th- there was no track on it. and it was it was a cartoon. Eh, please put this to this and wrote, please put this to this, but do it, I do this, then shut off this valve, and this opens up, and it was like, this opens up the the, the outlet for the for the gas. And I'm going like, "What do you mean the outlet for the gas? right? <laughs> Wait a minute, that's stupid. <laughs> Why am I I'm not I can't even go up to the tank and just chop the, the thing up a little the gas out and I'll end up like going kaboom right Frizzled frazzled right so I'm out there and I've got okay well and I turned the gas off at the house so that's the thing right and I turned turned off the turned off the boiler so the pilot light wasn't on even though it's twenty metre away I'm still shitting myself <laughs> kaboom here goes the house just about paid the mortgage <laughs> And I'm out there, right? and, and I opened up the manual cover. It's full of water again, so I've got to empty the whole bloody thing again, right? And it's like there you are, and all uh, oh, you do, unscrew the valve on I'm like that, going ooh, right? Nothing happened, right? It was all right, it was fine. You turn it to completely anticlockwise, and then it was then take off the plastic thing, right? And it says the little green nipple said if it is tripped, it will be a disappeared back inside. Back inside the, the valve, kinda kinda like what your willy does when you get some really hot what, really cold water. <laughs> I'm not going out there, right? So there's green nipples kinda like in there, and I can see it. And it it, it says and it said, pull the nipple out gently and then retract it. And like me and gently, right? Me and gently don't do good, right? It's like you know, it only takes a slight touch. And I'm out this is when Turn it only a quarter of a ton. You know, that's me. (laughs) I'm fisted to shit, right? So I'm like, big underground LPG gas container. I'm in there, surfing the things. Pilot lights are off. Things opened up. Take the wee plastic thing off the regulator and there's the nipple hidden in the back of this regulator. And I'm pulling out and I pulled out and it went, ching. (laughs) I pulled out and it went, ching. And my head's going... Maybe I should pull it a bit stronger, and the other voice is going, "Don't be an idiot! <laughs> You're gonna kill yourself!" <laughs> so, I, I finally, I finally gave up, and I realised that this wee nipple was not going to be coming out. So I put it all back on again. Then I went through and turned it on, phoned up the, the board, and they sent another guy out, and he brought put in this was this, the second regulator, and that's when he told me if it goes up and it gets in the valve, and, and it's like, well, what do I do? And all I can do is either hire a JCB and dig take a, take a big circle, you know, like them things that, you know, um dig a, a big circle with, with soak-aways and things down the side of the things, the sort of things you do to keep wild animals away or something, you know, a big trench, right? So I've either got to like <coughs> dig a huge big trench all the way down the side of the garage to try and take the water away, right? All uh, right. Or find some other way of uh, uh, releasing the water around about the tank, and i ain't going to go digging rid about that big underground tank. <laughs> Kaboom! Same picture, right? So, uh, I phoned up the the, the gas who because the, they own the tank, it's like I don't actually own it, I rent it from them, right? Thank god it's not mine. <laughs> so, anyway, so and then it, it was it was like. I phoned them up. I said, look, is there something? And I was on the phone with them today and they've been really great. They've been really good. And they, they took away the cost of the second regulator. And I said, Do you have such a thing as is there a regulator that's submersible? Right? And they went, Oh yeah. <laughs> I said, Can I get one of those please? And yesterday they said, We'll phone you back and get it sorted. And nobody phoned me back. Right? And yesterday I sent I put the video up of the first entry. <laughs> I ended it three more times I was out and it started to piss down last night and I was sitting watching TV and I said to someone I said I better go out there before we go to bed because I said if this rain carries on we're going to wake up with no say no rain again so I'm out there half ten quarter living at night throwing water over the garden just Get in, please don't go off. My mum's going to kill me. If the, she wakes up next morning and she's freezing, I'm going to get in the heat. <laughs> so, so anyway, I did it. And then this morning when I woke up, it was like nine o'clock in the morning. I went, I better get out there right now. It was like, Out there with it. And I opened up the thing and it was right on the regulator. It was actually, the regulator was about a third in the top of the water. And I'm scooping it out again. And I've done that twice today. And I phoned up Kalargas and said, You've got to help me. Right? And they said, like, so It'll be uh, next Tuesday probably. So it looks like I've got four days and I'm going, I've got an 80 year old brother that could, could feast to death. I mean, throwing everything out. You know? <laughs> so I could be doing this for the next four days. Right, running. And I know, and thank you, and I, I, I tell you what, when I put that video up, the response was amazing. I didn't know so many people knew so much about pumps that are involved in the, in the fish community. <laughs> oh, what do you want? It's this one. All right, this one's great. The problem I have: a the stirrup pump. It's great, but I might as well use my jug, right? Number two, and this is very important. <laughs> I can't put anything near the tank that is electric, like I can't put a like a pond pump in it, right? <laughs> that is kaboom, right? <clears throat> and I've, so anything I've got to put in has got to be away from. I've got to put a pump in, probably a, a hose with a float, and keep the pump about ten meters, fifty meters away from the tank. and uh So anyway, I'm at the moment I've not got a pump because I'm waiting on on the submersible kind of valve thing, the, the regulator, and I'm hoping it's going to come early. But it's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh <sighs> yeah so anyway so I've got, anyway, the water we well, was seen it someone last night. It was uh the water is, it, it's just outrageous. I mean with the thaw and everything, the bathroom extension They've had to stop working it through the back because like' it's just there's just too much water around on top of the on top of the phones. but I was saying someone, it's like we've got an orchard and I, wa- I went down there yesterday to throw the the ashes because the, the wood ash from the fires like got a lot of potassium in it. And I throw that all over the base of the trees. And it does really help. You know, it, it gets washed through, but the, the amount of wood ash you put out there, it, that's one of the reasons why I think we get great apples down there. Now. But I went down there, it was like, it was just flooded. I mean, it's, it's, you're just walking on, like a, on a bog, like a sphagnum bog. It's just nuts. So seeing as tomorrow, what we might do is actually kind of build a huge duck pond. Someone really wants to get ducks. I don't know why, but she really wants to get ducks. And then we've got the apple trees. There's, I've lost a, I've, I've lost a big tree down there. I think it's a. I'm trying to think what type it is. Anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a fruit tree that's never given me fruit in all the years it's been in. And the snow hit it, and it's one of the big limbs is broken off, and the actual stem is damaged. And I don't know whether it's a goner or not. But I think it's going to be a job for that cling film and moss stuff again. But yes, this is what I wanted to get put a duck pond, and I was kind of going. Could just drain everything down there just to turn it into a great big, you know, thing. Wildebeest and elephants coming in the middle of the night. We can catch them nature cameras. I thought that'd be kind of cool. Uh, uh, oh, God. There's another one. Another twat come up with. Like, oh, he's here. The There's loads of people here. I'll just post something about Bitcoin or whatever. Somebody's about to be interested. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> Gubbins is a great word, Paul Maggartson. Yeah, the gubbins. It's so all the gubbins. Clark ferry or build a wee sort of dam around the thing. No, you can't, Clark, because it's groundwater. It's coming up, and the problem is that the pipe is—you've got the big kind of tube-like tank, and then that's underground, and then you've got a, a, a top on it, and the tank is is deep, but the groundwater is coming up, right? And it's 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 basically filling up the manual cover, so it's, I can't stop that unless I dig trenches to divert the water away. Yeah. See, Paul, G- Janet, fish pond pump. I can't use a pond pump because the pond pump goes into the water, and it, it's the pond pump sits in it. And on top of that, the the pond pump only works when the when the, it's submerged in water. And if it switches off, and it sparks up. It's a gas tank. Kaboom. Yeah. Uh. Any strickling drinks of whiskey, you'll get warm. Nah. <laughs> whiskey? no Locked down whiskey. What dead Whiskey? You want a murder? Uh. Okay. Alan Johnson, get bigger jugs, fish. Half an hour, half an hour. Er. Everybody's—it's everybody's fascinated by pumps. you can imagine if everybody was actually here, there'd be a hundred people sitting, standing around the whole. Going, what do you want to do is that, mate? You want to? Be? No, I don't want to do that. I want to do that? No. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie Strickland, you can—you're grown. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, I could blow myself to smithereens out of whatever I want to do. Mm. Oh, here we go again. Mahmoud Mohammed, I knew he'd be back. Stephen Rave, have you heard Stephen Wilson's new album? No. And it's just weird, he's releasing it kinda like nowish. Wow. Joyce Vanderburgh, ducks are so great. Yeah, you you and Simone get her love. She likes loves all the ducks. Uh. Lee Ford, duck eggs are really nicely. They are. I do like them. Why not seal the regular air Look, let's just move on for the gas tank, right? Let's just move on for that, right? We've done the gas tank, right? Uh, have you enough plans to turn the bucket? No! <laughs> Are you going to see Genesis' last domino tour this year? <sighs> Guys, I, I'm, I'm being serious. It's like... Just watching the, the vaccination situation. I mean, you know, the, this whole thing that's broken out between the EU and the UK and Astra, 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 AstraZeneca. You know, it's like... You know... You know, Steve, Steve answers as I've I've told you, I think last week, he got told that his vaccination won't be happening until September the 6th. You know, that's the date he's expected. Who's supposed to be in tour then, and that's his first vaccination? I can't see it happening. And I'm not spreading rumours, and, you know, whatever will be, will be with that. But personally, I don't think that there's going to be any touring uh, in September this year. So, so yeah, I mean, I'd love to see them. I'd love to see that tour, and it must be agonising for those guys. You know, I mean, yeah. You know, it's not as if you know. It's like you know, ten guys in a, a nightliner. <laughs> you know, that's a big, big machine that you've got to like fire up and get going. You know, you can't just you know, you know, go. Uh, I know it's Tuesday, but we're the first gigs on Friday. Can we be there for Friday? Just set up in the just set up in the stadium. We'll be with Will you at five o'clock? oh you know? <laughs> uh. Ah. Scott Johnson, my friend, was the guy that hit you with a coconut snowball at the Edinburgh Playhouse on the clutching tour. It was the funniest thing ever, wasn't it? Getting hit by a Cream Snowball on a stage. Funny for you, is it? I can't remember it. That's an evil thing to throw, especially if it's out of the rapper. That's completely out of order, bang out of order. I mean, you have to be a millionaire start on a Tannock Snowball fight. Paul Hammersley, host piping, get sucking. Uh, look, Check out the video and have a look at it. right? Marie Babet, the Pilgrim's address sounds a bit like Le Désertour by Boris Vian, a French writer. Is there a link between the two songs? I've never even heard about Le Désertour and Boris Vian. No. no. Yeah, see, it's time we got a surface sitting tank. This is where I'm at now, right? If if COVID hadn't happened, right? And if we'd had the tour, and if I'd had the finances from that tour and everything else, right? What I wanted to do last year, and this is one of my big dreams, right? One of my big dreams. I'd love to make this place as kind of, as green and as self-sufficient as possible. You know, we've got the garden with a, a real, an applied mind. Yes, we could probably become self-sufficient, you know? But with fuel, I mean it's it's this place is ex- expensive. It's, it's a big space. I mean that's why the morsel wood burner just works so well here, because it, it, we've got fans in the ceiling, as I've said before, that spread the the, the, the hot air around the building. But um, but what I really want to do, what I really, what I wanna do what I really really want, what I really really want, um, I want to put solar panels on the roof because the entire pitch of the studio at that side, right, faces south, right, and I've got the roof on the extension, right, and even the, 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 the second picture, because the studio is basically two pictures put together. That was weird. <laughs> I moved my hand like that and I went like that. <laughs> this turn the camera around stuff stood my nutting. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I want to do, solar panels. I'd love to incorporate the morsel into it so that the wood-burning stove, you know, helps heat up the water. I love the idea of uh, um, the whole groundwater systems and things like that. I love it. And I need somebody to kind of... Well, I need to find a, a company or somebody to come in just to go, like, you know, this is what you could do. These are the options that, that you can take to turn it. Because, I mean, as I said, if we can... You know, if I'm going to go to an electric boiler, because that is the bottom line, get rid of the LPG tank. Right? I'll basically stop with LPG and put an electric boiler in. So the electric... Hi, Donna, How are you doing? Good. Yeah? How's things? I said ding, ding, ding because I think it's...
2: Ding, ding? The water thing is
0: too boring. The what?
2: Oh, water pump
0: thing is too boring. No, I've, I've, I've gone past the water pump now. I'm on solar, solar panels. But yeah, but I mean, that's what I'd like to do. But it's, it's trying to find it. And you know what it's like. You're trying to find guys to... That... That was our thing. The cuckoo went in. <laughs> okay, it's just mean stuff. It breaks, right? The Rangemaster cuckoo went down. Suddenly the oven wouldn't heat to 250. So I had to four up a guy and it went, he, he, you must have seen this, right? You Google and it goes, you know, central heating repairs or like, uh, you know, Rangemaster cuckoo repairs in Hadington East Lothian, right? And you're thinking you're going to get somebody that is genuinely local because I like to try and use local guys, you know? And it ends up, it's like you're talk, talking to somebody in Essex who's phoning up somebody in somewhere else, right? And then, ka it's like 90 quid for the guy to come out, right? So anyway, Rangemaster, and it's a big 110, 110 centimetre kind of wide thing with two ovens, right? And I said that to them on the phone. And I said, the oven's not working. And I said, it's sitting there. It's a, it's a big, big, big beast a thing, right? It's, uh, it's, what's it, 13, 12 year old, I think it is this year. Anyway, the guy comes down... Opened the door, standing well back, you know, getting the distance route. Got my mask on. And he takes one look in, he goes, bit big, right? And he said, what's wrong with it? He said, uh, said, what well, the other And he went, why can't I move that, mate? He says, I'll break my back, right? <laughs> he said, if I, if I drop, because it's on a plinth, I should have said that. It's on a plinth about that because I'm really tall and all the kitchen surfaces, which are perfect for Simone and I, they're all at that height where you can cut and you're not having to bend your back right, so you can stay upright and, and work the surfaces, ipso facto, the ovens have been raised up in the plinth, and the guy went, they're on the plinth mate, I says yeah, but it's, uh, well, it's, it's not on the floor is it, right, and I'm going, well, yeah, but, you know, and he said, well, I, I said two man left, and I'm going, <laughs> I'm going, I'm going, nowhere near you, <laughs> and I'm trying to be polite, and realise that I'm going to get charged 90 quid for the guy to go, can I do that, I'll break my body, doing that. Anyway, he was a nice enough guy, and he just said, oh, I can't, I can't deal with it, and he naffed off. <laughs> so I've still got an oven that only goes up to 250, but the Rangemaster repair guy's coming next week, allegedly. Is that rain? ice rain. Shit. It's ice rain. You might have to talk while I go on into the, the tank. You might have to talk while I go and empty the tank. No. I might have to. This guy's heavy.
2: It stopped
0: already. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well. Anyway, so look, but it's just me and things. I'm not not good with mechanical stuff, electrical stuff, you know. It it tends to to break around me. You know, beware. Right, let's move on. It's ten past seven. (coughs) <coughs> the last time I checked, this was way way out in front. And uh It was way out in front. And uh I listened to I, I listened to it last week, but I was kinda I was a bit too higglety pigglety and a bit distracted and stuff and I didn't kinda sit down and think... I had one of those kind of moments of care and I was sitting through here and I was uh, sitting on my own and I put the song on and it was like really hit me, really hit me and uh, it's a really strange song. Originally. Originally, the original idea we had, when we, we worked on this with Robin and Steve when, when, we, were, when we wrote it, was to come out at the end of it, right? And I think there, there might be a version, Steve's probably got a version tucked away somewhere. And um, at the end of the song, I was really concerned that it was such a down ending. And um, and I thought, yeah, you know, I felt I'm going like it's, you know, it's like, it's like the Hollywood movie, but we, we can't leave them in tears. <laughs> And we actually walked out and ended. It was I just can't see the beautiful t- anymore? Bam, bam. And it built and built and built, and it was it was really cool, but it made the song far too long, and it just seemed a bit too incongruous, and it, it felt like a bolt on, right? So it was like pulled down. Lyrically, it was um, it was kind of like in a, a two half thing. It was uh, the first half came pretty fast, and there was a couple of key lines. I still, you know, it's still one of my favourite lines. I've got a line, when I hear it, I go, I'm really proud of that one. And it was, and hurricanes with children's names, writer history, signatures tracked by satellites on high. I love that, you know. But that was it. it. Was Once I started and I went into that theme, I had to kind of keep on following it and find different areas to deal with and trying not to deal with them in a cliched way. But, I mean, I think it was just about... Um, it was about watching TV, as I said before, Feast of Consequences, you know, the the, the book This Party's Over by Heinemann. Uh, and it, it affected me, and I became, I became very aware of how badly we were treating the planet. And I think watching all those Attenboroughs and watching all the climate change stuff and, you know... And being bombarded on the news, you know, with all this stuff. That was where it was born. But I, I, I think as well, it was... Um, it was that awareness that I was getting at the time of just how beautiful it was around me. And I think it I was, you know, being wrapped up in it, you just forget how beautiful things are around you. And But it is a song about um, being trapped in in, in in that place where, you know, you can't see the great things around you you can't see the positive and the song was kind of I don't know I'm a little personal antidote to that because by going through it and naming a lot of things that even despite the evil and the negativity that contained within some of these things that the floods and the fires and stuff there was still some sort of like weird beauty in it all you know and um and it is all part of the the, the planet we live on I mean you know the kind of rough and smooth, good and the bad, you know, it is all part of, uh, you know, how beautiful this place is. And um, but it was um, uh, when we recorded it, it was when when Liz Troy comes up. Her, I love the backing vocals that just kind of, they just pop out in grace, you know, they grace and they lift, you know, and it was um, and it, it made it I think even more poignant. And I think that was what pushed the song towards the, the, the video element as well which Dave Barris and Scott MacKay did and they, it was a, a brilliant new video shoot the, the quarry scenes um, when the, the quarry scenes were all done at our Bangley quarry near us all the beach scenes were taken um, inspired by oh, what's his name the, the Scottish artist the table and the, the crystal and the things down on the beach that was actually down on Phaedra Beach which is where Warm Met Circles um, was kind of Born, so you could say. And it was Josh Kilimanjaro, who was a friend of Tara's, and, of course, Tara carried on the family tradition of, you know, being in the family videos. So it was... And it was a really great video, and and Greenpeace were really good to us, and they allowed us to use a lot of footage, but I I was really disappointed that the song, you know, didn't catch. It it didn't... um, It didn't mesh gears with radio, and I really thought that that song... Would would it had a, a good chance of radio, but like so many, like just good friends, and and you know even Lady Let a Lie and things like that, it was it was just it didn't st- stick. And we had people out there punning it, and it's the last time I'm ever going to do that. <laughs> well, it is the last time I'm ever going to do that. But yeah, but it was the howled and cried when the melody died. The, the the lyric I held and I cried when the melody died. The song was finally over. That was definitely inspired by. That was like a little tip of the hat to uh, Don McLean and american pie it was a, uh, and it was um it was a song about climate change and it's a, it's a song about people living on a planet that's kind of falling apart and um and as i said i, I wanted it to be pos- positive and it's still beautiful and it, it still touches me and without further ado we should play it Picks up the remote nonchalantly from the table where he's left it, turns around, realises the machine is off, has to get up, and switch it on, the knees crack, the back breaks, he presses the button and hopes for the best. Aha!
1: The stars are fading Ashes to ashes and dust to dust The bread we have broken The wine we drank from tarnished Cups I stopped believing in miracles A long, long time My faith and I sacrificed my soul. I worshiped fallen idols, chased false prophets to an end, to where I just can't see the beautiful anymore. retreating Mountains exposed in the sun the earth On high We should have talked about the weather I a mean, bit more seriously All well, the stars and shades.
0: This is the hymn, the right way round. Hmm. That was the violin. It was when I heard that violin today. It was um, Aidan Rook, and um, it's a beautiful piece of playing. And all the, the, the just what he covers through the song. It's just so perfect. And as I said, you know um, Elizabeth Antley's vocals. I, I love her voice, and I, I love the way her voices work together. Incomplete is a song I should put up at some point, but um. And Callum Malcolm just did a brilliant job, but you know, as was said on the on the feeds, it's like, you know what? You know. We just you, I really thought I had a, a home run, you know, or or had at least a three base hit. And um it was uh and it didn't. It just and and everybody hears it goes like, Wow, it's this the same with Gardner Remembrance. It's um let me just get this right. It's the it's the same with Gardner Remembrance. It's you know, you kinda go, Wow, well, why? And a lot of people say, "Oh, it's too slow." It's like <laughs> it's too slow. It's a it's a nice song, but I mean, oh, picking singles. That's why I never gamble on horses. It's like you know, I remember back in 1994 when when we started off with the Dick Brothers label and Lady Let It Lie and things, and trying to push it out and Fortunes of War, and you know, it's you know, we we spent a lot of money. It's you know. We spent a lot of money in the right places and it it never clicked. And we had professionals going into radio too. And uh, just couldn't get a bite. Just couldn't get a bite. But I mean, the song, I mean, I'm a, I'm really proud of that song. And it's, I don't know who it was, I kind of missed it. It was on the timeline. You know, they said that they played it in a cover band and it gets a great reaction and, you know, it could have been a breakaway hit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, like I said, it's... I don't care. I think the pleasure and... and... The pleasure and, and the happiness of it all comes from kind of writing and performing it, you know. You know, we create it, or I create it with Robin and Steve and, and Callum and stuff, and it's kind of, um, you know, that feels good to do it. And as I said, I'm quite happy. Oh. Uh, Alexander Loudon, Haddington here watching, Gary Loudis, Midge Bridge. You flip the camera, you're in a different room usual. Yes, I'm in the West Wing today. I decided to move. We moved across to the West Wing. We let the dogs run in their lower fields. Um, Let the zebra go. Fed the zebra. Had a good look at the lions and came across the other wing. So we thought we'd do the show from the other wing. Daniel Harrison, thank you. Bladget, Dredjelinski, thank you. Colin Scott. You'll be kicking yourself later, Dr Jim and Jay to talk. No. I have an idea. I have a cutting plan. It's 25 past 7. It's, um... I'll show you. I Maybe we to do it. Well, I can't take the camera, because it's, but I'm going to have to go and check it. Darling. Yeah. You've just said hello, have you?
2: Uh, uh, hello. <laughs>
0: Can you, can you talk to him for a bit and let me go... And, I've got to go do the tank. I can do the tank. You can't do the tank. I'll do the tank. Why can't I do the tank? No, 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 let me do the tank. It's like, it's... it's. I'll, I'll do the tank. Tell me something. What? and
2: well, don't... It takes too long.
0: Well, what are you cooking tonight? Oh, <sighs> well, you can point and I'll, I'll show them. I don't know where it goes. I'm really scared.
2: During the next song.
0: Yeah? Yeah. That's a good idea. You won't see it. Ah. Yeah. I don't know if the it works out there. Where's the thing? Can you put it all ah, right? Yeah, you hold that. Let's see where this goes. Well, I take it? It might dip off. Loose <laughs> connection. But badgers. <laughs> <laughs> That's my. Um... What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? That's my evergreen spinach. That's Liam's boards. Can you see any of that? No, it's useless. I'm going to end up losing the signal and we'll all go crazy. And you know what my looks like. I'll come in and I'll do it during the next song. I'll do a break in the next song. Fat might as well line it up now. Yeah, blind and beautiful. Very happy, but I'm very proud of it. And I thought I'd play this one. I don't know why it just seemed to tie in, and um, it does tie. Do, 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 do. Right. I'm going to play you the song and I'm going to go out outside into the darkness, into the cold, into the wet and I'm going to try and save the central heating system. It's very important to us. But... Let's get this song. Oh damn. Ha <laughs> ha! I'd completely forgotten. It was Tosh that reminded me about this. I You forget? You know. Look at that. See the t-shirt. I'm no use to this. There's the t-shirt. <clears throat> we still got those left if anybody's interested. We, we sell these on the merchandise from fishmusic.scott right? <coughs> we still got those left if anybody's interested in getting them. All. So you can walk around the supermarket and go. Luke, another one. <laughs> Andreas, the tank, the tank, I know the tank. It's in my head all the time. During the song, Fish You Got Time, Juliet Balm, yes, yes, yes. The good boy, the good lady speaks good sense. George Cormoran, he always does. Huh? Oh. Paul Slayden, thank you, mate. Tommy Frank, great song, but maybe too complex for a hit and not simple enough for radio. Yeah. When I heard it back today, it was kind of the the last verse and stuff. I just felt it pushed a bit. And, you know, maybe it is. Maybe it's just the construction. But then again, it's it's like... I always objected to writing songs for radio, right? And sometimes they're so simplistic, I, I feel... Awkward singing them. I mean, there's some songs I just feel a a, a three minute song. It's like it's like a bit of haiku, you know. I mean, you know, a, a three minute pop song like there the, the was the modus operandi way back in kind of sixties and everything and and seventies. I mean, everybody wrote it was a three minute song just to get it on. But um, I never, I, I never felt comfortable. I always felt really awkward, and you know. And if it's singing really simplistic lyrics, I just feel it's no me. I, I, I don't know what it is, you know. And and I'm maybe that's what I've got to do: <laughs> write lyrics for other people, really simplistic lyrics that I'll never ever sing. I'll probably end up having multi-million-dollar hits, you know. It's, um, well, who has multi-million-dollar hits? I <laughs> so just just be just before I put on the next track, <laughs> I go outside. To empty my water tank well my uh, empty the water head on my gas tank. there was a thing it was a what's his name Gary Newman who i 've never met i 'd like to meet him because he, he looks a really interesting guy, a lot of bad press, but you know he comes across as quite an interesting bloke and um and I saw an an interview that he did with Sky, and he was saying that yeah uh, for a million, a million streams, uh, one of his hits, so he got thirty-five quid, right? <laughs> thirty-five quid, God, you must be laughing all the way at the bank, Gary. <laughs> I got not to through it today, right? It's it just, it just does my head in, right? And it was again, it was on a particular stream thing, because you're not legally allowed to say kind of exactly who's paying what, right? Or who's not paying what, right? <laughs> it, was like, it was a one of the songs came up, and it was I can't remember which one it was. It was it was a recent one, right? And I worked out so if I had a million streams of that song, I'd get twenty dollars. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's um, you know that's why I mean just to zip back. It's okay. Sorry, darling. You don't need to ring the bell. I'm not going to go off my head, right? Okay, she says. <laughs> uh-huh, she says. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is the problem. It's like you know, the the streaming thing is just you know taking over music, and you know when you when you've got a song, that's one stream of it is you know is is uh, point not not cents, not not pence, cents, right? And you kind of go, that's music, you know. And um, it's, yeah, that's where it's going. Oh, battery's running low. Wait a minute, why is it off? No, no, no. Why is the battery running low? Wait a minute, why is it off? Ha! Something's happening. I told you. What? No, no, no. It should be charging. Be emergency, Will Robinson, emergency. No. No. Something's happening. I told you. Felix. What? No, no, no. It should be charging. Emergency huh? For the <laughs> lithium crystals captain! <laughs> ah! That's it! <sighs> oh no I've not! Emergency <laughs> Yeah 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 i They had you first thing done Um, Turn the sound down! Uh, uh, uh. and that's why I don't need go near gas tanks with, like, you know, feeling confident, you know. I thought I'd have all that set up. Why is that not working? They must have blown a fuse or something somewhere. Bollocks. Anyway, happy birthday's time. Um, Tim L. Sycamore. Uh, It's my 53rd birthday on January 31st. Was hoping for a shout-out for this week, so... Happy birthday Tim. It's a wee early shout for you. Happy birthday Timmy Sycamore. Good name that mate. Tim L. Sycamore. Right. And happy birthday to uh, Frank uh, Spletstoser. Right. Happy birthday Frank. Spletstoser. That's some name. What does Spletstoser mean? Nothing. Nothing. Sounds good though. It means nothing. And it says, hi to his wife Andrea from Simona. What's hi to his wife Andrea from Simona? Mm-hmm. Are you saying hi to his wife Andrea?
2: Yes.
0: Oh, hi mm-hmm. to Andrea from Simona. Well, you can do that.
2: Hi, Andrea. Well,
0: oh. <clears throat> uh, Right. Is that rain again? No. What's that? Was that rain or the dishwasher broken? Nothing. It's rain. It's
2: rain. Bollocks. Mm.
0: This could be a long night.
1: <laughs>
0: it sounds like I'm using a loop station. Yeah. it's... right these echo effects no no I think I've sorted the echo effects the echo effects should be gone now that was just an echo effect from thing it was only because somehow I went close to the, the laptop and a button went off I've got a thing with the phone as well if I go near that phone it's like things go off it's I don't know I'm just I'm not I'm meant to be in a garden I'm not meant to be near computers right I can you know oh that's another thing another big thank you right and this is to Taff from Cheltenham. Eh? Taff, thanks, mate. I got the seed. Taff sent me up uh, Naga Ghost, Chocolate Naga, Calico and Friar's Hat chilies. Perfect. All oh, your timing was spot mate? me. Because I, I was going—I haven't got any really kind of like, you know, biting hot, like real sucking hot chilies and, um, and I was going to buy them this week. And you send me up these packs and save me. So thank you. I'm all you, Taff. I'm all you right, but I love it, right, It's, a, it's wrote, Naga Ghost, it just says it all, Naga Ghost, it sounds like some kind of, you know, it's like a, a, some Japanese sci-fi monster, the Naga Ghost, you uh-huh. uh, chocolate Naga, <laughs> it sounds like chocolate nougat, <laughs> but Naga Ghost, right, and Taff wrote, right, this is, this is what I love, right, I haven't actually grown these before, but I have an excess of seeds. Thank you. These are very hot. I mean, seriously hot. Oh, handle the seeds with care. I used gloves. They make medium-sized, rounded, red fruit that dry well. One million Scovilles. <laughs> One million Scovilles. But the thing is, my stepson, Liam, he's brilliant. I don't know if I told you about him before regarding chilli. went down to the Eastern Eye, which is a local... Um, Indian, right? and he went in there, and it was. Uh, um, he was talking to Ali, who's brilliant. He's, he knows his stuff, and he was asking. He'd been asking me about you know what hot chilies, and I said I don't really know. And he said to Ali, he said like, what one is it? He said, Oh well, it's a naga, and um, it turned out that, that Ali grows them. And, like he's got a, well, he did have a couple of years back, a greenhouse full of naga chilies, and uh, we were sitting there and. Ali went to, to Liam, you know, would you like would you like uh, something really hot? And, and I'm going to... <laughs> And Liam goes, Yeah, no problem, yes, I'd like that. And he says, I'll bring you some stuff. So he did a, a madras and something else. And he brought a Madras with us respect the Naga chili in it, right? right. And Liam's just eating away. and I'm doing a Jal Frazy and I've got I've got the beads of sweat coming up, I mean I've got the, the greenhouse look already, right? And Liam's sitting there, cool as a bloody cucumber, not a bead of sweat on him, right? And Ali said, he said, I've never seen anybody actually do chillies like that before. And this is what Liam has he's gone vegan now, which is good on him, right? And, um, and now he has, it's all like naga potato and stuff like that from from Eastern Eye. But I mean, these are hot, but you know, Taff, thank you very much for sending them, because I need to get out in the next two weeks. Not only do I need to get out in the greenhouse to get my tomatoes and the chilies and the propagators and get in all the shit th- together and kill the VC that are out in the, the greenhouse at the moment. I've got there's holes coming up everywhere. I mean it's like it's like the the coochie the tunnels out there. Right. So I'm gonna have to go out there and get and get lethal, right? But I need to get the propagators up. But those chilies have to go in the next two weeks, so thank you. Perfect timing to have. Right. Uh. Rico Anchor put on Grendel It gives you 18 minutes to get the tank Nope, here we go Right. I wanted to play this because it's Happy Birthday Vigil I didn't know about it, Tosh told me about it I completely forgot And I thought this is a really good track It's not going to be the one that ends the night I've got another one tagged in for the end But I'm going to play with this And then I'm going to go out and sort the tank out Right. So what I'll do is, yes they are daffodils In the centre, they're the wee things Our daffs are just starting to pop through But Simona loves the daffs when we get the dafts out there the sun's going to be up in the sky for a wee bit longer and you are going to see a display and a half all sorts of colour right at you on the camera on Fish and Friday be like nature watch we'll come back to that so for all of you who've been where's the promo it's um, For all of you, think of me outside in the pouring rain with my little jar emptying the water from the gas tank. And I'm going to leave you on its birthday experience, a song perfect for the moment. And it's kind of, with everything that's going on everywhere, it works. So I'll leave you with a daffodil. I'll, I'll get the fire stoked up before I go out. But this is for you. Happy birthday, Vigil. Thank <laughs> you.
1: I was just sitting here thinking like the tears in my eyes, Though even the good guys must die. There's no reasons, no crimes, and I never knew why. Even now, it still makes me cry.
0: Hell, and the hills their back. Happy birthday, vigil Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mr Wilkinson, if you're watching tonight. Mm. Sported. There we go. As you said, it's weird seeing this place all the right way around. Ah! Oh, you see the books now as well. But we'll do that another time. Um, If you're looking for something to do, because I know you like little tips and things. um, Someone I've been really... Someone and I have... Darling! You want to come and say hello? Where's where's the... Where's the wine? Where's the wine? Yeah, I emptied it. (laughs) Yeah, I emptied it. There was, about, there was about that much in, in, the, in the it was only about that much below the regulator, so it was perfect timing. So I'll have to go out later on, i have to go, yeah, easy on the wine, yeah. <laughs> this is one of the things I'm always worried about, it's like dying, You know, it's, it's the headline, well not that I'm ever going to see the headline, but you know, I'd like to leave it a like fish drowns in gas tank, <laughs> fish, dr- fish drowns empty in gas tank. You know? It was a. Uh, yeah, let's, we'll, we'll deal with that on our thing. Loads of gags and that lot, right? But, um. my wife. <laughs> it's Simona. Hello. So, how's your week been?
2: Um, my week been
0: good. Yeah? Yeah. You had a good week? I had a good week. <laughs>
2: I had a good week.
0: You just yes. listened, to my, you listened to my shouts and screams.
2: Yes, I did. And I was wondering, what's the best way to calm you down? I think I did a little
0: bit. You did. You always calm me down. This is one of the reasons why we're so good together. It's like, someone doesn't get frightened when the bear's about. She's just very calming and knows how to speak to the bear and knows how to get the bear back to like... (laughs) (laughs) What are we having tonight? I don't know what we're having tonight.
2: We have Salmon. Salmon with...
0: Samphire, spring onions, lemon zest. Zap- samphire. Yeah. Oh wow. And that's, that's really and cool.
2: And pasta.
0: If you have not tried that, you get down the down the the, the store. Samphire, and it's kind of it's a green vegetable, and it grows in uh, tidal waters and and, and um and kind of mud banks and stuff like that. It's it's actually it, you you kind of go like Ugh, grows in mud banks, but. It's really nice, really tasty and think, it's got, it's really healthy as I think well. we call them sea beans in Germany. Sea, sea beans. Sea boring, but I'm not sure. Okay. <coughs> but yeah, so it's, it's been, I'm looking forward to the weekend. Saturdays are actually, you know, this is gig day, you know, gig day. And then after tonight we have a late meal and then we watch a bit of TV. We'll be watching, um, we're, we're just about finished the fourth series of Call My Agent. If you've not seen it, Netflix, Call My Agent. It's brilliant. There's four series. It's in French. It's subtitled. It's about a, a movie agency, an actor's agency in Paris. It's fantastic. You're down. You're looking for something to, to to just feast on. It's great. What else have you liked this week?
2: Um. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Curse of Old Island. You, yeah. the curse of oak island i
0: liked suddenly for years of like kind of going like you know have they found any treasure yet oh you're away now (laughs) (laughs) after years of kind of like um you know i mean i love curse of oak island i want to go there i want to visit these guys they had some dodgy um Dutchy American musician. I don't know if it was something out of Journey or Toto. No, was it? Was it Toto? I can't remember. There was some big kind of seventies 80s band, and the guy came along because he was a huge fan, right? And I love to go to Oak Island. It's like because I man, I love history and I love that kind of archaeological kind of detective stuff where it's like you know, like oh, let's look about it and see. And it's I find it fascinating. And I was and someone I, I used to watch it when when if someone was cooking or she was you know I got like a spare. If I got an hour in the afternoon, I'd flip on O'Carlan because someone didn't really want to watch it. But the new series, which I think is series eight or something, right? You've got quite in it now.
2: Yeah, because it's interesting. What I dislike with this program is that they always repeat what they've just done and then the music ba bam ba ba this. They found this the last time, and they found that at the be- very beginning of this whole series program. That's what I thought. If they would have found a great treasure, it would have been in the news. So we know already now that they won't find anything. Yeah, but it's not so about, about the treasure. It's, I a, know it's, it a, about, yeah, it's about this. That's yeah. what makes it interesting. And yes, I would like to go there.
0: Yeah, it's discover, <laughs> discovering all the, kind of new, the different levels of history and trying to patch them all together to get the history of the island. I love it, you know. Mm-hmm. But our favourite programme at the moment is yeah. yes. Winter Watch.
2: <laughs> it was oh. very. What were you gonna say? It was. It was no. I was just thinking. What you mean now? Winter
0: watch. Yeah, it was. Yeah, nice things we just. Covered. Yeah, we do. I, you kind of go. Like, I love when I watch. I actually. I, I was texting Tara, my daughter, today, saying like, "You gotta watch it," because Tara's been going on her Instagram pages and stuff. The full kind of. She's got the dog, Dexter, and she takes Dexter away for walks every day in between doing her, 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 her work online. And um, and I said, you've got to watch it. I said, it's incredible. About, you know, if you're interested in the woods around you, you're interested in the animals that surrounding you that you never see, I have a, a deco at this. It's really brilliant. It can be a bit fast show at times, which is good, you know. The presenters are a bit eccentric. I'll talk about it another time because we're kind of running out a little bit. So we'll talk about it next week. But it's like... But if you catch it, it's it's called Winter Watch. It's on BBC Two, right? And there's some really fascinating things in there, right? It was Starlings, right? just one story, right? (laughs) One story, this is the kind of thing you get. That's why I love it, right? Starlings, I do not like Starlings. I mean, they're the ravagers of my bird feeders. They're, They're manky bastards, right? They go and they hit the bird feeders and they just throw everything anywhere. The good thing is that it falls down and pigeons and there's other birds like blackbirds that don't go up to the feeders kind of these sc- mooch about in the ground and pick up and stuff. But starlings, I've never liked starlings. So they've been a city bird like pigeons. You know, they're, they're kind of... To me, they've always been vermin. I've got a whole nest across in the, the garage outside where the the, the, the the fascias come off and it rotted and they've, they've got nests in there. And when they hit the feeders, they destroy them and I hate them. Yeah. And... uh. I nearly got a brilliant shot the other day with a a 200mm long camera. And there was a bunch of starlings and they were all around in the middle of the snow and they were all around my neighbour's chimney and there was about maybe 20 of them all in different little crevices and stuff all around the chimney. It was a great shot. Missed it, as you do. But starlings, I didn't know this, but they mimic birds, right? And they mimic other birds. And... It was uh, the guy that was was telling the story. He was saying that um, I think it was Chris, the the lead presenter, and he was saying that there was an old tractor up in Muller somewhere, right? And it was a really old tractor, and there's starlings kind of nest in it, right? And these starlings actually make the same noise as this tractor used to make. make you know, it was where the steam and it copy they copy them. But the tractor's been out for years and years. It's a rusted hulk lying on a field on a farm in Mull. And there's a nest of starlings. And they mimic the old sound that the tractor used to make, right? And he was kind of working well. The tractor stopped working like, you know, 30 years ago. So, like, kind of, how can they do it? And they worked out. It's the generations. So the starling hears the sound of the tractor. And he plays it or he sings it. And the young pick it up. So the sound of the tractor has moved all the way through these generations because of the adults teaching the children. In the same way as we teach folk songs to, you know, as we pass on folk songs or pass on songs to other people to play the songs and things like that. And Stalins do that. And I developed a whole new kind of respect for Stalins, even though I still think they're vermin right? I've developed a whole new thing. So maybe what I should start doing is playing my songs outside where the Stalins are. And we can maybe pass on fish music down the Starling generations. Nah. Okay. It's eight o'clock. It's time to say goodbye. And. (laughs) No. There it is. (laughs) Not tonight, Josephine. I wanted to finish with this. I figured I needed to finish this week on a little bit of an up. So I decided to go with this. One, two, three, four. Blah, blah, blah. Strangers in the night, exchanging lances. Go. What, did, what number is it? It is. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> <coughs> Gonna finish this tonight because it's like I needed. I needed something a little bit kind of. <sighs> hmm. Just to like pizzazz me up a wee bit, you know. Like I said, Saturday is our. Long lie. Mum knows it. She doesn't get breakfast till 10 o'clock tomorrow. And um, The central heating, as long as I do my duties, maybe even a midnight run tonight, because it's pushing down so much to empty the gas tank. But tomorrow, if I can get the gas tank done round about midnight, that means this morning I was up at 10, so maybe I can sleep until 11 and still get up and manage to save the central heating. Uh, And um, and I've got the greenhouse this weekend, because it's like Saturday's like a cool off, chill out, out day, so someone and I just kinda we don't do office, we don't do emails. We just kinda like, you know, just chill. Watch telly, mope about, do the garden, um, vine in the garden, kiwi fruit in the sort of vine in the greenhouse, stuff like that. I think Tara was
2: watching.
0: Tara was watching. Yeah. Hi Taz! Yeah. But um think... but yeah, so I thought I'd finish with this. Still in lockdown, it's uh doing okay as I said I mean there's been so much you know to deal with this week it's been hard to even contemplate you know kind of what's actually outside the physical doors of this place and uh, the weather Um, it's looking better but it's a long way to go Um, I'll leave this for you I mean don't get complacent please don't get complacent um, I'm concerned about, you know, kind of the new variants and stuff, as we all are, but I mean, follow the rules, mask, stay a distance, you know, when I go down the co-op, it's back to the one person going in, one person coming out and stuff, which I'm really cool with. And I kind of, I've adjusted it, and I've gotten the rhythm of it all now. It's, it's going to be weird when I do go back into it, people going, coming up to me going like, whoa, man, whoa, 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 you know? But... We're getting through it. The R-rate's coming down. We're getting there. We've just got to stay concentrated, stay focused, you know. It's kind of... There's a long way to go in this game yet. A long, long, long way to go in this game yet. And if we can get that R-rate and, and just look after ourselves... There's a lot of people out there hurting. It's, um, there's um, yeah, a couple of people I know, and I'm sending my best to them. One of the guys, and it's, I think it was sent through to, to me tonight... Um, uh, Paul Emery he asked could you give a shout out to my mate uh, Jim Ganji who's in the hospital in Glasgow just now uh, he turned uh, Jim turns Paul into Marillion in the 80s when he was a teenager right so Jim Ganji this is for you in the hospital if you're watching listening and Paul Emery hope everything goes cool man um, I'll leave you with this tonight because it's a bit, a bit of a belt of you know? So, um, until next week, just take care and stay alive. And. See, folks. Another week, another fisher Friday. Until next week. Take care. Stay alive. Bye, bye.